we are not working on funded projects we are working on value projects so if there is value we'll work on it previously it was oh it's funded you should just work it i'm funding this and i'm like no funding doesn't do anything what is the value we are creating for the company how is it aligned with the strategy do i have an executive sponsor those are the questions we ask i wanted to say a big thank you to our sponsor talent insights talent insights are australia's leading data specialist recruitment business they are experts in recruitment strategy and delivery for analytics and data teams they are the go-to recruitment business for all your data roles in Australia, and they can help both with permanent hires and short-term project-focused data resources. I've used Talent Insights in the past, and I've always found them fantastic to work with. Visit them at talentinsights.com.au. We had a comment from Fiona, which is an awesome comment. She says, Abby, you're making me rethink my next career step. I already work as a business change manager. I was planning to move away from it into analytics. However, now I'm thinking I should bring the analytics into change management. Uh, this <laughs> That's is a-, a great idea. Analytics is change management. You know, without change management, analytics isn't anything. It's just programs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because the, um, in order to realize the value, you need to you need to focus on that on that last mile. Focus on the adoption. Focus on on changing people's behavior, um, because for for analytics to have the impact, the the workflow, the business processes, what people do in a day to day, it needs to look different as a as a result of the analytical work um, for it to be put into um, into into production and into use. Uh, so yeah, I I agree. The change management is a, a, a key skill needed in the analytics space. Um, so Fiona, yeah, you're, you're on the right space. You're right on the money. They are in the intersection between analytics and, and change management. Um, yeah, that is, that is excellent. Um, yeah. Awesome. She says, awesome. <laughs> excited. Yeah. I'm excited for you actually. Um, yeah, and, that's exciting. Oh, uh, and, and, um, and we had a we had a related question, um, which says, "Does your um, does your COE aim to build analytics competency across your across the whole organization? Uh, E.g., build people's ability to consume dashboards and use data in their decisions. Uh, does that include managers and staff in in operations? Um, so as yeah, as we're we're discussing the." the adoption part of, of uh, the analytics work. Um, how is that enabled throughout the, throughout the organization from, from or by the COE? That's a great question. So I think part of my, you know, my role is to really drive scale for analytics and scaling analytics value across the 10 businesses that we have within TE, right? And I think as we think about it, a big component of that is really driving um, understanding and building capability within the center, first of all, so that, you know, I always say that uh, the airline code, put your own mask on first before you put somebody else's on, right? I think. So when we talked about building analytics capability, I said, let me, you know, and there was a lot of focus on how are you building capability within the business? So my, my first thinking was, as we laid out the strategy in, you know, first 90 days, it was all about building capability, you know, in the, in the central COE in being able to have experts, you know, that are experts in data science, cloud, you know, DevOps, MLOps, uh, data visualization, user experience, you know, storytelling, um, data engineering, of course, right? And then, and then platform, 
you know, building the, the trusted data and platform and building a governance team. So a lot of these competencies kind of got created. And then I think as we get into now the second year and the third year, a lot of my focus has been on how do I build these small COE kind of a team within each of the businesses and segments, which are basically right. each segment with multiple businesses. So that, you know, now they can actually become a self-sustaining analytics capability. So I'm basically what I'm doing is, uh, you know, the, the challenge is you've got to do that whole hub and spoke model and building capability in a way so that you are tied around the hip in terms of having you know, reducing the duplication of work in terms of everybody building their own platform or competing investments. But at the same time, if you can figure out, you know, how can we build a platform? So as we're building an analytics platform, the right data lake, and then building capability in the business that they can consume it and build upon that. And that's really, you know, building upon each other is really the key. And building upon each other's capability from one business to another. So as you build, you know, an advanced analytics capability for business A, how quickly are you able to deploy that to business two, three, four, five, six to 10? And that's really the maturity piece that I like to measure is, are we doing systemic transformation of the company business by business? And are we able to scale quickly? So part of my role is really building analytics in these uh, different businesses and spokes and, and looking at, you know, hiring them. So the way I'm, I'm the, the route we are taking in TE is really creating these, uh, I call them seed teams. So I'm seeding a team, a small team. So it's funded by the business. It's part of solid time reporting into my team. Uh, wow. And I'm going to hire the right people, make sure that, you know, the people who are hiring analytics talent know what an analytics talent is. Mm-hmm. And, are, you know, I have analytics competency, right? So that's kind of building that talent pipeline bringing people on board, teaching them about TE, the TE data sets, you know, giving them yeah. access to the right platform and enabling them and then making them work in the right operating model. So a lot of the work in the last 15 months we have done is around re- redefining the operating model. We are not working on funded projects. We are working on value projects. So if there is value, we'll work on it. Previously it was, oh, it's funded. You should just work it. I'm funding this. And I'm like, no, funding doesn't do anything. What is the value we are creating for the company? How is it aligned with the strategy? Do I have an executive sponsor? Those are the questions we ask, right? So, so basically building that whole operating model, you know, and embedding that and doing a 12-week project delivery. So previously projects were six months long. How do we yeah. deliver something quickly in six to 12 weeks? So training, basically building the C team. And then once they are mature in like 12 to 18 months, how do we move them out within the business and embed them within the business? That's kind of the, the plan, right? So we have hired like the first two C teams, you know, they're starting to come on board and starting to grow and then we're going to move them out. Oh man, that is an excellent, uh, excellent innovation on yeah on how to um, prove business value quickly. To, um, have the the focus. Um, yeah, it's it is awesome. A comment from Fiona says a great response and a very clear strategy and plan. I agree, it's excellent. Um, as we were talking, we had a question coming from Matt um, that says. Do you think analytics works best when priorities come from a strategic view uh, of analytics from top management or when driven from lower down in the structure where people might be closer to the operational needs? I think that's a great question. I mean, that's actually a phenomenal question. And I think analytics needs can come from, you know, the top management or middle management or bottom management. I think they come from all across. Mm-hmm. The real question is, uh, how do you qualify them? how do you know that that's a good problem to solve? Because 
And I think it also depends upon the charter of the team, right? If you're part of a strategy team where you're looking like three years out and you're not really so focused on driving, you know, unlocking business efficiencies in supply chain and, uh, you know, finance or driving automation, you know, that's your charter. You're probably not working on three-year-out projects. But if you're part of a strategy team, you're working on projects that are like, how is my, when am I going to cut, get, come out? And after COVID, post-COVID, what does that work look like? You know, what the market is going to be, are we going to be sustaining that same demand? Are we going to go down in demand? When is that turn coming? Those are more challenging questions, right? And I think, or if you're a team, which have to balance both, you know, that kind, kind of the other thing. But ultimately, you know, you got to make sure that the whatever problem you're getting is tied to a strategy. It's tied to, and you have an executive sponsor. I'll go back to that. Every problem, if you don't have an executive sponsor, no matter if it's a long-term problem or a short-term problem with high value, you have to have an executive sponsor because you can answer the three-year-out question or the three-month-out question if you don't have anybody who is you know, desperate for that answer and ready to go implement it and drive that change. Um, it's not going to matter, right? So I think, um, you know, I think to me, I, the, the simpler answer is analytics can, ideas can come across. It really is making sure that, you know, you have the support from, um, from the business to drive the change and you have a very clear idea on what the value prop around it is. Um, and then the third thing I look at is feasibility. You know, I think feasibility is all about how easy or complex the problem might be. And then sometimes we take on high complex, high value problems mm-hmm. to a certain extent. And then the other set of problems are, you know, high value, low complexities that we can balance our ROI portfolio. Our goals are, you know, my one of my main goals is driving analytics value. That's kind of what I get measured on. Uh, and making sure that we are meeting the goal and then we are working on a, a diverse portfolio. I'm hoping that answered the question. Definitely, man. That is, that is excellent. Um, and we had a, a related question from Rajiv around when we're talking about the, the enablement of, of the business. Um, he's asking about self-service. So uh, what are your views on self-service? Do you think it's, it's taken off? Is it a good area to, to focus on or is it still uh, yet to, to come in terms of an organizational um, reality? I think it depends upon company to company. I mean, TE has been, I would say, far ahead of self-service than other companies that I've seen in the past. You know, we have in, in democratized data, given data access to a lot of people across all kinds of functions and levels and global footprint, I would say, which is, uh, which is great. I think uh, the way that the, the other dimension on self-service you can think of, I think we should do it. Uh, absolutely, that's that's essential. But we got to figure out, you know, a couple changes that are coming in that space are really the technological changes, right? Previously, people used to go get download the data and put it in their own local server and create their own copy, and and now you're multiplying data, and that becomes a that becomes a challenge. Um, the the second is really how do you now that we then we have a new cloud platform we are building people and their own their own sandboxes where mm-hmm. um, you know we can give them access to data they can actually you know instead of downloading it just get access to it within yeah. their own sandbox build whatever they need to build and automate and then productionize so that's the second thing because ultimately you want to you want to democratize data but you want to do it in a way that 
you don't lose the you don't lose the lineage of the data and the single yes. source of truth because that's yes. where the problem becomes complex it's not about self service you know people worry about self service but it's really about how can you when somebody takes the data merges with something else applies their own hierarchy and publishes a report or a model you know and it doesn't match with something else then people lose trust so how can you basically drive that consistency that the thread around lineage across all the way to the edge oh man that is yeah i love that that yeah lineage uh, understanding transformation and trust um is is critical that's great um i just put a, a comment in the chat saying that uh, we have we have a few minutes left um so for the people attending let us know what you thought of the session any any feedback anything that you particularly enjoyed put it in the chat um we have a question from conrad and then we'll we'll go through the poll questions although the answers to the poll um so from conrad says abby are there any frameworks you use to quantify an, uh, analytics value to the organization maybe if you can talk about how you project business value to stake to business stakeholders that's a great question so i think uh one of the things i mean since value is the primary goal that we established within te you know we don't want to say at the end of the year analytics value was x million right we talk about how is it made out of right what is it made of you know where did it come from who did what with what data set what insight to unlock what value right mm -hmm. so we've created basically uh, so the important piece around it is basically when you talk about value you really want to talk about transparency around value and clarity around value and measurement yeah. around value right because if you don't do that then it becomes a wishy washy number that people kind of you know you know listen to you but don't don't trust it so one of the things we did in the first year is really we launched an enterprise uh, analytics or data value dashboard which talked about you know each business unit each business function you know and then it talks about the overall progress versus goal for the year and then it when you click on each business unit or segment it you can it talks about who is the business unit member what is the analytics project and it has a small success story which talks about what did they do, do differently what data or insight did they use what what action did they do and then how much value has come and gotten realized to date um so that you can look at you know what is your x dollars y million dollars that you are publishing are made out of and then how you know which applications are are deriving it which functions are we getting are we getting more value in supply chain are we going getting more value through pricing are we getting more value through engineering applications uh you want to understand that um and then the other important thing that it's driving is uh basically when when entire company can go there one business unit is going in and looking at another segment and saying oh they're using analytics and they're able to now improve their ship to request or they are able to reduce their inventory why am i not doing that and then is that then i get a question is that solution ready abi can i go adopt it and then we are able to you know see how can we scale it so it's really not just value communication but also awareness around what is analytics you know what is the art of the possible within te yeah. with analytics right and then and then what are you missing out on to create kind of a fomo right in other businesses <laughs> exactly for <laughs> the lack of better word Oh man, I love that. That is excellent. Um we had a a comment from Fiona about the this session. Uh she says fantastic. It's been fantastic. So many insights from Abby. It's been immensely valuable for me particularly the discussion on change management and business value in analytics, which is excellent. Um thank you very much. I'll close the poll now. We had 90% of people 
uh, answer the poll. I'll, sh I'll share the results now so everyone should be able to see them on their screen. Um, and, and we'll go through and, and make a few comments on the, on the answers, um, see where everyone's at. So the first question, does your organization have a data science or analytics center of excellence? 71% uh, of, of people said no. 29% of people said yes. Oh, that's interesting. Abby, any, any thoughts on, on those numbers? That's actually exciting because I think, um, you know, I was, I was, uh, you know, I think there is every company is different, as I said earlier, but, you know, it's, I, I don't know how this is working across companies. And it's always interesting to see 30% with no COEs and sorry, 30% with COEs, 70% with no COEs. And I think um, I'm hoping, you know, that people are still thinking about like building without a COE also like more cohesive analytics teams so that we can, we can drive more uh, of a community because I've, one of the things that I always have observed and been concerned about is if you don't, you know, people feel the sense of belonging and a career path, you know, the, the talent piece is a very challenging piece. Um, we all know that within analytics. 100% agree. Um, excellent. Thank you. Um, question two was, how is your organization's cloud migration going? Um, and we had options were not started, early days, making progress, almost there and done. Um, most popular uh, answer was making progress with 47% of people. And we had 18% of people not started and then another 18 in early days and then 6% in done, uh, which is excellent. Uh, this is phenomenal to see, Philippe, because I think, wow. you know, it, it just tells me how far we have come in cloud, right? I mean, like three years ago, this question would probably, or four years ago, the other way, like 20% would be say we are, you know, starting. Yes. Right? Now, 80% people have actually either started or are done or making really robust progress, which is so promising to see because I think that's really the right right place to be because you want to you get the scalability, you want to get, um, you know, the elastic compute and maturity that you get, you know, with a cloud platform. So that's, that's definitely very insightful to me. I wasn't, um, that's definitely new, new insight to me, which is good. Excellent. Yeah, I agree. It is very exciting to see the, the move and especially with most people, um, you know, working on it is making good progress. That's excellent. Number three was, does your organization centrally manage the delivery of analytics across the enterprise? 53%, it was close. So 53% of people said no, and 47% of people said yes. Very interesting. Um, what, what do you think, Abby? I think it's it's interesting. I mean, it's, see, it's interesting to see that it's kind of divided half and half. Um, and, you know, analytics, you know, half of the people are trying to do it from the enterprise, from a, from a central function versus distributed function. And I think both answers are correct. And, I think just making sure you are in, you know, yes or no box, you know, just making sure that you are closer to the business, as I said earlier, is, is the key there. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, number four was, uh, does your organization measure the success of the analytics function? 71% of people said no, and 29% of people said yes. Um, we had a good good discussion around um, how to measure it and what to focus on, uh, but uh, which which is great. So hopefully that's helpful for for the people that are are sitting well in either camp in the yes or no camp because there's always um, new ways or different ways to to measure value. But any any thoughts from your side, Avi, on 
having majority of people not measuring the success of at the analytics function at the moment? I think I would, um, I would think that measurement is coming. I think more and more people three years ago, if you would have said, you know, there is probably five or 10% measuring analytics and they're investing in building capabilities. So it's really, to me, analytics measurement is also kind of a sense um, of maturity of analytics function, if you will, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think as teams, you know, spend three, four years, probably first three, four years, they're spending investments to build the capability and then they want to start to see some kind of an ROI or an outcome. Um, so this is an interesting, interesting question. I think that for the folks who are in the non-measurement, you know, I think it's like, it's good to understand what the outcomes are expected and, and how can we put, you know, if not financial measures, some other kind of measures, like as I talked about adoption, as I talked about, you know, NPS courts so that we know, because it, you know, the, the point about, um, success of analytics and measuring the success of analytics, you drive a lot of engagement. That's kind of the other interesting thing that I saw from the team is as I talked to data scientists and I said, I'm not measuring your uh, performance and performance based on model accuracy. I'm actually measuring it based on the ROI or the realized value that the project created. And, and people were scratching their head were like, why, you know, I'm a data scientist. I built the model and I predicted it just right. And I'm like, well, yeah, you got to understand what problem are you solving and why are you solving it? And you have equal hand, as well as the business to, to make that outcome successful for the company. And I think that that drove a lot of engagement because you know I heard from the team that they feel a much better sense of purpose and belonging in the team and, and the job satisfaction, retention, all of that really went high because uh, people know why are they here. And they can see, you know, they can put their finger on and point to I did this and, and this is what, what's creating you know, dollars and cents for TE. Right, man. That is that is excellent. Um, yeah, I, I I think this this uh, discussion and this episode would encourage a lot of people um, to to move more into measurement, measuring the value of the analytics team. And we've definitely um, covered quite a, a few ways to to do that and to do that well. So I'm I'm excited about what what, um, what people can do uh, after this. So that's really good. Last question, the poll. Um, is does your organization develop their analytical talent? And um, I was actually hoping hoping for better, um, uh, for, for a nicer reflection here, uh, but uh, 53% of people said no, that their organization does not develop their analytical talent. And 47% of people said yes. Um, I would, um, yeah, what, what are your thoughts, Abby? That's interesting because I think... Um... I think there is kind of a, it's a challenge, right? I mean, I think it's a seed brew harvest kind of a thinking, you know, it's, uh, I always think about it. Like you need some talent to build other talent, right? If you have not a lot of mature talent, then it's hard to build others or know how to help build others, right? So I think some of the best teammates that I've had in my career are the people who make their other teammates better, right? Yes. Who make the whole team better, right? And I think that's the kind of people early on you want to hire. And then the second thing I always look at, you know, it's so hard to find talent and everybody, including me, complain about it every day, every hour. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, but the point is, if you're not focused on who are the people who are enthusiastic in your own large company, who are excited about this topic, who are taking their own individual classes and learning and who want to be a data scientist or a data engineer or drive the analytics change management like that Fiona was talking about, you got to find those people. 
because if you if you find smart people who are passionate and who already know your business and your company you know learning about analytics is something that will come along the way and basically a, a good mechanism to find those people and attract them into you know your team uh the retention mechanism is a lot higher right so i think that's that's important one of the things that you know i'm very proud of in te that we did when i joined we had zero people who knew cloud wow with nobody we hadn't started our cloud journey we were in the you know yeah. top last 20% you talked about two years ago and then as we start to build it we are looking for cloud talent and it's so difficult to find you know architects and solution architects so one of the big things and every data engineer needed to learn how to really do by planning on cloud productionization so you know my team encouraged you know training enable training you know recognize people monetarily for taking classes you know not just enabled free education but also recognize people in you know who got and took time out even during covid to spend um and then get those aws certifications for example um and i think within a year what we could see is 28 certifications 28 people certified in in aws who are now speaking the language you know holding other aws and other other folks accountable are leveraging and using the platform and in the last 20, 12 months we have basically opened a lot of that to a lot of the business folks so now we have a community going where the business people are now getting comfortable to using these new technologies because it's not just about investment it's about making it easy to use making people comfortable moving away from these sql based on prem systems and excel to using the new generation of tools to drive that scale and that is that is excellent um Thank you so much. I can't believe we're out of time. <laughs> I just looked at the time; it's like it's been an hour. Uh, mate, this has been excellent. This has been excellent. Uh, you can see by the the comment, the questions, and the comments, um, people have found so much value in in your perspectives, in your journey. I yeah, I I really I uh, can't thank you enough for for sharing all your your insights with us today. Um, really, really great. Point from Conrad says wonderful interaction. uh with all good to understand a mature analytics setup at TE great clarity of thought i agree with that uh claire says thanks very much um and parikshit says thank you felipe thank you abby for your time um thanks everyone who joined live um thank you to everyone who was active on the on the chat and who asked questions uh she rajiv fiona Richard Conrad um thank you so much guys uh for for getting amongst it Olga as well thank you uh thanks everyone who made the time to join live uh this is going out on YouTube on the podcast definitely check it out there share it with people it's been a fantastic discussion Abby thank you so much again that was absolutely excellent wonderful enjoyed it uh end to end and for everyone listening come back next week we have a session with Steve Nori the king of linkedin in the analytics space he has over 350,000 followers has been doing amazing amazing work we'll chat with him and abby that was awesome 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 thank so, you thank you so much thank you so much for having me philip and it was a great conversation love the questions love the engagement from the audience as well and um thank you so much for having me to kind thank you very much have a great evening for everyone in australia have a great day and see you next time thanks everyone that brings this episode to conclusion thank you so much for listening please find us on datafuturology.com or on facebook twitter linkedin or instagram as datafuturology 
also go to datafuturology.com forward slash podcast to find the show notes for this and any other episodes. If you like this episode, it would mean a lot to us if you could leave us a review wherever you listen to our podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that it was helpful and valuable for you. Thanks again and see you next time.